Hello, guys. Welcome to the next episode of the Unofficial Vegas Podcast. What are we going to talk about today, Freddie? Well, what do you do when you can't get your ass to Vegas? Like we can't, like like right now, we just can't go to Vegas. We would like to go to Vegas, but we can't. So what are we going to do? What are we going to talk about? Well, stuff like what's your favorite Vegas movies. What else do you do? You know, do you do you study your gambling? Do you listen to other Vegas podcasts? Read some Vegas books? This kind of stuff. So. How's it going, buddy? I want to go to Vegas. You're missing it like me? Brutal. Not just Vegas, but anywhere. Like, just, like, you can't get anywhere. And, like, there's That's no right. there's no prospect to plan anything. So. You know, we're, we're not going anywhere. We're not doing anything. I know. We're just sitting around and doing the same thing every day. So, I thought, okay. So, for those people out there that are like us, they love going to Vegas, but they can't go. What do you do? Like, how do you get your Vegas fix? when you can't actually go to Vegas and do what you want to do. So like Jeff from Jeff, does, from uh, the Jeff does Vegas podcast. What the hell does he do? He goes to Vegas like eight times a year. I know what he's doing now. He's nothing. He's making, yeah, he's just making more podcasts, which is one, one thing to do. He's probably listening to others. That's probably why he invited us on because he's so bored because <laughs> yeah, he right. can't go to Vegas. So like, I might right. as well talk to these schmucks. <laughs> and we're going to have him back on, right? And we're going to have him back on when we talk about the golden Knights. Yeah. Well, before we recorded that, he, I just kind of casually brought up because I saw his uh, Golden Knights jerseys in his office there. I'm like, oh, cool. Like you're, you're a Golden Knights fan. And what do you think about the team? And we talked for like a half an hour about the team and their impact on the city. And Oh, easily. Oh, yeah. We had a great chat about it. So we got, we got to have him back on to talk about, talk about the team. Because I think it's really interesting to see how um, that team has impacted the city and the tourists and the people that go to the games and, and the traffic flow around the arena and all that stuff. Because I was pretty skeptical when that team arrived. I thought, man, I don't know if it's going to work. Like, um, it's not exactly a hockey market per se, you know, but, but man, they proved me wrong. It's, uh, they're crushing it. Yeah. They build a fan base. It's not just, it's not just the tourists that are in town and say, let's go watch a hockey game. Yeah. yeah and there's a, there's a following there. And they're better than the Habs, which is. Oh, okay. 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 Let's well, not go. Crazy. I mean, okay. They are by the record. Yeah. Come on. Like you can't, you can't, you can't just hit me below the belt like that. Like that's <laughs> like. Why not? He's, you know, let's, let's talk about the sends then. Okay. You know? Yeah. Next topic. Okay. Back to uh, getting your Vegas <laughs> fixed. <laughs> so the one thing I like to do is if I'm feeling like I'm missing Vegas a lot is, is I pull, I go into the old, the old VCR machine, slip the in Vitamix. my favorite Vegas movie, go to the Netflix, the interweb. And, um, and I, I, I pick a good, good Vegas movie. So I got a list here of the different Vegas movies. Um, I want to know, like, give me like your top, give me your top three, top three Vegas movies. So you've got Casino. Oh, that's easy. Easy. Oceans 11, 12, 13. Bang, bang, bang. Well, done. O- Oceans 12 is not really a Vegas movie. They don't okay, actually go yeah, to Vegas. I'll give you that. Oceans 12 is not. Yeah, sure. Okay. It's still, the, yeah. Okay. It's not really a Vegas movie. No, it's, it's that. that crew. Yeah. But they're, they're not actually in Vegas. So Ocean's 11, Ocean's 13, obviously, for sure. Those are in my yeah. top, my top three, top five. Let's, let's go top five. Those are in my top okay. five too. Uh, 21 was pretty good. Yeah. Although I don't like it as much now because of Kevin Space. <laughs> yeah, that's true. 21. That for me, 21 is, uh, is, is, it's on the list because it's obviously a very Vegasy movie. Well, and you're a big blackjack guy too. And, and it's also about blackjack and it's a true story. And I'm a huge fan of the book that it was based on bringing down the house. Great book, which is a semi fictionalized, um, retelling of the real MIT black blackjack team. 
their stories, how they did it. Yeah. Um, so for me, I, I just love that story, but it's definitely a, like a Hollywood version of, of the story, which I mean, I totally get that's fine, whatever, but they actually do go into some really, some cool mathematics in that movie. They talk about variable yeah. change and the idea of, you know, that, that the information that you get from the exposed deck affects your decisions later on. And so uh, that was right up my alley for sure. Oh, you eat that up like oh, for breakfast. It's my jam. <laughs> but did, uh, you haven't mentioned the hangover. I mean, hangover. Hangover. Yes. Yeah, I, I, absolutely. Yes, I was, number one. Right. I was, it's, I was skipping right over that. It's my number one. I think it's actually my number one comedy of all time. It's right up there. Like Vegas aside, just overall just, comedy. It's certainly in my top wow. five for overall comedies, for sure. That's saying a lot. That's that's it's a big statement. Yeah, because I mean, you know me, like we're huge comedy comedy fans. Um, wow. I, but yeah, Hangover I mean, One. I'll give you. I mean, yes, of course, hilarious. The, the even the for me the best part of that movie is at the end when they when they <laughs> they show the pictures. Yeah, <laughs> always gets a big laugh. <laughs> I think also for me, I saw that movie in the theater with a packed house. And it was just one of those, like, you know, when you see a movie and it's just a great crowd, so everyone's yeah. laughing at everything. So that's part of the reason why I love that movie so much, because I kind of went in like, okay, whatever, it's a Vegas, you know, a stupid Vegas comedy. Yeah. Um, but there was a good crowd and major laughs through the whole thing. And then you're right, that end scene with the video, with the picture montage, just the place was just in stitches. I mean, for me, it's... Uh... Uh, Stu is, Stu makes that movie for me. I know a lot of people, you know, there, there's, it's all about Zach Galifianakis and, and, uh, and Alan, but I, I, Stu for me, cracks me up. He's this, for me, Talk he makes the movie. Price. Yeah, he's good. It's, it's, it's great because it's an, it really is an ensemble movie. Like it's yeah. really about the way that those characters interact and, and, uh, cause they're so different. Like it's weird to have three group, like a group of three friends like that who are so different in their personality. You've got, you know, Phil, who's like the cool the cool teacher who, you know, gets the chicks, whatever. And then you got the doctor nerd guy in Stuart. And then you got Alan, who's just like the town, the village idiot, right? He just, it makes no sense. I love on the, on the, uh, the commentary for the, for hangover Alan's character. It's his basic concept of a character is that he hates everyone that he should like, and he likes everyone he should hate. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you know so like they're at the gas station and that old man is like admiring their car and he's just he's just brutal to him he's like hey get away from that old man like i will beat you down don't look at it <laughs> yeah yeah you know but chow who's like trying to scam them he's like he's in love with them <laughs> i think oh alan honestly though i think i preferred hangover two over some hangover reason. one yeah i don't know why wow you're like the only person in the world that would say that probably I like Hangover too. I actually really liked it a lot. And and again, it's because I like Stu so much. And in that, yeah. in, in Hangover too, when when Phil gets shot, or it's you know even it's not really shot, but then he looks, he says, "Oh my god, you got shot!" And he has he has a he creeps in to look at it, <laughs> and he just lets out this big like girlish scream. Ah! <laughs> it's so good. Yeah. And he's he's over over the side of the car trying to get the monkey back in. Yes. He's like, he's so strong. He's trying to get it back. Yeah. Yeah, it's solid. It's a good movie. What about Hangover 3? That has a lot of Vegas scenes in it. They're back at Caesar's Palace. Yeah. Chow's got the, the penthouse suite there. I think it was kind of, not that it was getting old for me, but I, I liked it. But it's definitely not as good as one or two. It's still funny, though. I, yeah, it's of different. It's, it's a lot darker. It's more of a, it's, it's more of a darker, darker comedy. Yeah. 
Yeah, but I, I liked it as well. I, I think those, to me, just seeing those characters on screen is enough that I, I like. Is it. that the one with Paul Giamatti or is that the second one? Second one's Paul Giamatti. Paul Giamatti is the second one. Third one is the guy who played Roseanne's husband. Oh, yeah. Uh, John Goodman. Goodman. Yeah, yeah. That's right. Yeah, that's, that's right. Him. Marshall. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. So, like, uh, when you, you watch know, one these. That, one that surprised me. Yeah. And I had no expectations about it. And I was, I remember watching this movie. I had not, I didn't really have much to do. And I'm like, oh, I'll just put this on. It was Las Vegas. Oh, that's a great flick. With Michael Douglas. Yeah. Hilarious. It's a really funny movie and really, really Vegas centric. Like that's the kind of movie that makes you want to go to Vegas. Yeah. Like the whole yeah, thing is set there. It's all about like how the clubs work and how the rooms work and the gambling and the comps and and even like yeah. they go downtown to this swanky lounge to meet the chick there. Yeah. Yeah. It's a good Vegas movie. You're right. It's if you were to follow us, like, like four random guys, like if you were to get off the plane and just you see four old guys that decide to go to Vegas, you would just sneak in there, like hide in the trunk of the car and follow them. Like that's probably what you would. It's a good possibility that they could have the trip that that, that actually happens in the movie. Yeah, exactly. You know, maybe with the obviously with the exception of they get they get comped up to the the massive yeah. lounge on the top floor penthouse Which or whatever never happens, and by the, the way, villa. And yeah, never that happens. wouldn't happen. No. But you got to no, you, you got to be pouring major money to get that. Oh God, yeah. But still, <laughs> re- like really good. Movie. I think that's would it be my top five? So I said what? I said Ocean's Eleven, Thirteen, Hangover, and I said Twenty One. I guess yeah, it would be in my top five. Vegas vacation? Yeah, I mean I love cheesy, the, the, I love the vacation series. Uh Vegas is pr- Vegas vacation is probably my third favorite vacation movie. Christmas vacation obviously number 1 for sure. And then European number 2, wow. Vegas number 3 probably. And the original vacation the fourth. Fourth one, yeah. Wow. It, it's at the time I think when, when the first vacation it was kind of like they were kind of finding. Have you have you ever watched the original Vacation movie? It's oh many times. It's not great. I know fine. It's well, it was great at the time. It's old. It's old. It's definitely yeah. But I can still like I can watch Caddyshack from that era and laugh the whole way through. Like yeah, but you you like goofy movies like that. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah. Fair enough. What would you say? So what's your top five then? <laughs> top five. It's got to be Hangover one and three. Uh, Oceans 11 and 13, that's four. Ooh, only got one left. Probably What Happens in Vegas. With Ashton Kutcher? Yeah, Ashton Kutcher, Cameron Diaz. There isn't a lot of Vegas in that. Like, it's only the first third of the movie, but I just like the idea that they've both got these, you know, crappy things going on in their life and they just want to get away. And the idea that they're so hyped about, like, where do you go where you just want to, forget everything and just have a good time. It's Vegas. Let's go. Yeah. yeah. Um, so to me, I, I like that idea of just going to Vegas and just making bad mistakes. You know, the best scene of that movie is when he has to go take a piss and she's in the bathroom and she won't come out <laughs> and he stands up in the kitchen over the kitchen sink and he starts <laughs> taking yeah. a leak in the, yeah. in the dishes and he, he's like, she comes out and he says, Oh yeah, this is happening. This is by the way, it's your turn for dishes. <laughs> <laughs> the I like that movie too because there's a scene that always gets Chantel in tears every time we see it. And it's the one right around that scene that you're describing when she gets the Murphy bed and that's where she's sleeping on the first night. 
And so she, she's got the tongs and she's going through the sheets and oh, yeah, she yeah. kind of like rustles around and she like feels something or sees something she doesn't like. And so she starts like, starts squirting the Windex all over the thing. And oh, Shondell just pisses herself when she sees that. It's a good scene. So that, that's probably my top five, but man, there's a lot more like swingers, great Vegas movie. Um, I think there's, there's, we have to, you know, what I don't like about a top five for movies that there's, there's, there's two different, there's, there's categories, like there's comedies. And then when you look at something like Casino and Bugsy, you know, different types of movies, right? So so here's the thing. So which of the five movies are like, think of it this way which movies make you like help you with your Vegas fix? Like which ones make you sort of think Ocean's of Vegas? 100%. Yeah, me too. For me too. It's Ocean's 11, Ocean 13. Like I could watch those all the time, the scenery and the way that they highlight the city and the, you know, just the but way that the, they're in and out of the casinos and oh, it's the dialogue, it's the dialogue between Brad Pitt and George Clooney yeah, and how it's just quick and it's one after the other. And like the, yeah. the, the best scene in that movie for me is when, they they're in this office and they're getting they're stealing the blueprints to the Bellagio, yeah. and uh, they're just sitting there. And he says, "You're gonna need a, a Bosco, a Jim Brown," and, and it's <laughs> like they're using this dialogue, and you're like, "You don't have no idea what the hell they're talking yeah, about." That's great. But obviously, they do, and they they make it seem like this is kind of among thieves. You know, they this is what they this is common. Yeah. This is how they do it. Love that scene. Yeah, great, great scenes. So that's one way that have you ever, have you ever watched the original? You know what? It was on, I, uh, I caught it on TV recently and I thought it was the, the modern version with, with Brad Pitt and George Clooney, but it was the old one with Sinatra and, and the the whole Rat Pack guys. Yeah. And so I watched like five or 10 minutes of it and it was, it was great, but I just got distracted into something else, but I'd love to go back and watch the original. Um, cause it's got like the original hotels in it and stuff like it's, it's, it'd be a cool, uh, uh, history, history Vegas, uh, lesson. So someday I'll check it out. Now I, I do love 13 as well, which, you know, Al Pacino plays a, a oh, great just role as good, in there. Just as good as Ocean's 11. I think so. Yeah. Maybe even better. Like it's great. They had, you know, they had the story and how Ruben gets screwed. And so they come back to, Oh, just a real, real good movie. I have to go back and watch swingers again. Yeah. See, you should like that movie. Vince Vaughn, John Favreau, um, I liked it okay, but it was not my favorite. Like, it's not in my top five, um, which is strange because I, I love Vince Vaughn and I love John Favreau, but... but I think I watched it at a bad a time. Old. You know, okay. sometimes you watch a movie and, a, and like, I like for example, I can think of a, a few movies off the top of my head that people hyped up for me and I watched it the first time and I hated them. Yeah. And, like, I like Austin Powers, for example. I watched yeah. Austin Powers at the movies and I hated it. And I watched it for some reason later on, I don't know where I was and oh, let's watch Austin Powers. And then I loved it. Nice. And that was it. Like just watched yeah. all the other ones. And Anchorman was the same for me. Yeah. Anchorman's one actually yeah. the same thing. You gotta, you gotta see it a couple times. You, you gotta be in the right mood, I guess, to, to, to watch it. Like I remember watching the matrix the first time. Yeah. And I was like, what, why is everybody talking about this movie? It's awful. <laughs> and then yeah. I gave it another shot and I'm like, wow, this is actually pretty good. Okay, so that's one way that you kind of get your Vegas fix is you watch those good Vegas movies. But the problem there is that you watch these movies and it makes you want to go. So now you're like, okay, like, what am I going to do now? Like, I, you know, I have no trips planned and I'm kind of pumped for, for getting to Vegas and getting that vibe again. So one thing I like to do is just kind of make little lists, little checklists of things that 
I've always meant to do on Vegas trips, but I haven't yet done. So that the next time I plan a trip, I'll, I'll get out that checklist and and actually go and do them. And it could be little tiny things like like Jeff mentioned that steak restaurant, you know, that really yeah, nice yeah. steak restaurant. Like that's a, something that that's like on my checklist now where I'd love to, you know, put that on my list because you'll forget about it. Right. You, you you won't think about it and then until you get home and then you're like, oh, I meant to do that this time, this trip and we didn't do it. And um, so I love to make little little checklists of things that I want to check out, whether it's a little you know, it could be a restaurant, it could be a, you know, a show, or it could be something really small. Like I want to go see that one particular, you know, I don't know, sign at a, on a sidewalk, or I want to go into that one store or some, some little thing that you've heard about along the way. Another one I have on my list right now is, um, the El Cortez has got this, apparently a long standing deal where if you show your boarding pass within 24 hours of when you landed, they'll give you a free drink. Like you just show up there and give them a, you show them your boarding pass. So that's something that's on my list. I want to do that you sometime. You and the El Cortez, eh? I don't know why. What is it with me? You you you, you talk about the El Cortez. Like I think like this is our like our ninth episode. I think, and they, I think you mentioned it like in the eight, eight other episodes. <laughs> <laughs> so I got to get it in. Yeah. It's so a, do you have a list right now? Have you have you generated a list? Oh yeah. And, and are, I always are have adding a list. things to it. Always have a list. Yeah. Yeah. You so, keep it in your wallet, kind of thing, and just no, no, take no, it no, out. It's, whenever? No, no, it's on my phone. Come on, wallet. Who carries a wallet? <laughs> George Costanza. There's <laughs> some hard candy in there. Um, Jerry's dad. <laughs> his got stolen. <laughs> My wallet's gone. Yeah. So that's one thing no, I like seriously, to do. So, so what, what did you have a list of? Do you have, do you have it handy? I don't have it what handy, no. But I could probably find it here. Well, I know the Air Cortez. What do you got on there? Like ballpark it. The El Cortez. There's a few golf courses that I have yet, haven't played yet. I want to check those out. Um, absinthe yeah, got, is on my list. We gotta play golf next time we go to Vegas. Yeah, yeah, we gotta do that for sure, for sure. Absinthe, absinthe has been on my show list for a while, and I just have never had a chance to check it out. Well, so Jeff mentioned that too when when he came in yeah. the show, right? He yeah. he said that this is a must. Oh yeah, yeah. One thing I do as well is um, I'm a big fan of the Las Vegas Advisor, which for those that don't know, it's Anthony Curtis's website, but he also has a uh, a subscription that you can get where he sends you a coupon book and you have access yeah. to certain deals and whatnot. Um, so he's got his top 10 value, top 10 values in Vegas. And it's, I mean, most of the things on that list don't change month to month, but he does review it every month. And so often there's something that pops on that list that wasn't there before. And so that immediately goes onto my list. Like right now there's a breakfast at uh, Arizona Charlie's, I think like a steak and egg breakfast for five 99 or something. Beauty. Um, yeah. That's how I found out about the Ellis Island deal. That's been on his list for years. Oh, yeah. Right. The, the deal. The Ellis Island. Which was on my list last time we went. Yeah, that's right. Check that off. Yeah. So this is a good way, like, especially if you've been a lot. Um, um, it's a good way to kind of get yourself hyped up again for, for what you're going to do, for what you're going to, you know, what you're going to see. And also it, it makes you remember, like, you know, or actually you don't have to remember. You just consult your list. Like, um, you know, you've got, maybe you got a, like a day off where you have nothing really planned. You just open up your list and say, Hey, let's do this. And, you know, check that off. So. Well, and I'm, I'm kind of not concerned, but whenever things get back to somewhat normal and we can, we can fly across the border and go back to Vegas. Um, and what happened with Cirque du Soleil, I'm, I'm hoping that I'll get to see love. I don't know if you know if it's going to be there anymore. Oh, it'll be there. It's one of the most popular shows. I can't see that going away. I mean, they'll, it might go away for a while, but they'll bring it back. 
I mean, it's a custom built theater. It's a pretty popular show. Don't worry, buddy. We'll get you there. We'll get you there. I got to do it, man. I got to do it. You're going to love love. There was some kind of on topic and off topic at the same time. I have a basketball court near my house the other day and some teenagers were playing basketball and they had a little Beats pillar or something on the side, like a little uh, Bluetooth speaker. And they were listening to the Beatles as they were playing basketball. (laughs) Nice. Kind of funny. Nice. That's cool. Uh, Another thing I like to do uh, when you can't go on a Vegas trip is uh, study for your gambling. So if you're a gamer, if you, um, you know, you have a game of choice that there's, there's never enough studying, right? You can always learn more about the game. You can practice, you can get out your tables, you can, you know, work on particular situations. Yeah. Well, you've um, been following Jonathan Little for a while, right? Yeah. I like Jonathan Little a lot. I like Kevin Martin too. He's a, he's not so much of a teacher, but he's a player from also from out West. I think he's in Calgary. Uh, he's got a great Twitch channel. Um, he just had a, he just broke his personal best. He won 9,000 for a, um, he, he final tabled for a $250 buy-in on uh, Chichi Poker. It's great watching him, uh, watching him sweat through the final table. Like he had about five or six all ins that were just super sweaty, and uh, but he made it to the final table. It was cool. So I like watching him. I like Jonathan Little. I read a lot of poker books. The problem with poker is that it's just there's just so much. Like it's just it's such a complex game. It is. There's it so is. much you can learn. There's so many situations. Um, it's just a ton. I mean, at least with blackjack, you kind of you learn your system and then it's just a matter of practicing it. But poker, you can't really learn it that way. You have to constantly go over your situations, evaluate them, talk about them with coaches, with friends, you know, relive them, rethink them, all that kind of stuff. I kind of like, I think one thing that I like about poker is kind of like golf and I'm such a, and as you know, and you and I are both big golf fans. And I think there's a lot of similarities there. Like, yes, for golf, you're playing yourself like you're you're trying to beat your own score and in poker you're trying to beat other players but i think if you're to compare it golf is you're trying to beat the course and when you're in a hand of poker your your opponents are essentially what you would comparatively on the course the course becomes your opponents the poker you know what i mean like i think that's what i like about it It, there's so much to you're just never you're never going to go on a golf course and think i know everything i i'm today i'm going to shoot 65 because i'm that good it's the same with poker you 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 can tell yourself today i'm going to play this tournament and i'm going to win i'm going to finish first well there's too many variables yeah to to predict that you're actually going to do that same with golf it it is it is it is true in some ways but i would agree with you more if if like golf would be a lot more like poker if you were putting on the green and didn't know where the hole was uh yeah okay i I know i know we you and i've talked about this analogy before about the golf and poker and i know that you have your differences because so if you know for those who are listening fred has a little bit of frustration with poker because (laughs) we've been at this for a few years and he thinks that he should be like okay i i I'm a smart guy. I should know. I should, I should be better at this. Why am I not better at this? Yeah, exactly. But Fred's a really good player. But it's, it's the, the variables of poker are constant. It, it's never the same people. It's never the same, you know, it's just endless. So it, it's, a, it's an insanely hard game to master. So the guys that do it well, the pros, the Hall of Famers who do it well, even them will bust out of tournaments early for whatever reason. Because there's too many variables that you can't control. 
Yeah, no, it's true. But I don't care about busting out. What I care about is I, I should be able to be profitable long-term. And the, and the fact that I can't get to that point is I find it frustrating. Like I, I understand well, that I'm going to bust out. We don't play enough to, to, for that to happen. Okay, true, true. But I played, I play online more than you do. At least I did. I don't play that hardly yeah, at all. Yeah, but, but online is not like when we. I know you keep saying that. Why that don't you play like online? online that are profitable? They sit there and they have like ten tables open at the same time. Yeah, we don't do that. Well, we should be doing that. Well, okay, then you start tomorrow and let me know how it goes. <laughs> <laughs> well, are you going to back me or what? Like, I need some cash here. Well, you're you're a Mr. Moneybags over there. <laughs> not for poker. <laughs> God, I've wasted enough money. I guess money you don't need a bankroll when you're playing the two cent, five cent table. Well, this is the problem too. You can't. We, we're trying to play low stakes, and you just can't do it. But, but see, if I if I was going to pour money into poker, it would not be into a bankroll. It would be into coaching. I would get like a professional coach, review my hand histories, um, you know, show me where I'm going wrong, like all this kind of stuff. That's but where I want to so, put my money. Even if you did that, it, you're it's still okay. Yes, it's going to help you. Just like taking golf lessons, it's going to help you. But it doesn't mean that, let's say you got a golf lesson from the best golf coach in the world. Like you get Butch Harmon, whoever is getting, you know, this guy's going to show you exactly what you're doing wrong with your swing and you need to do this. And you're at the range and you're just striping them one after the other. And you're like, okay, I got this. And then you go to a, a course next time and you top one right off the first tee. Whoa, whoa, whoa. If you, that's, yeah. It can happen. It's, Not to me. I would never talk about the first you get, the, you get the uh, the shanks, you know, a couple of chili dippers on the side. It's, it's yeah, not because but, you don't know how to swing. No, I know. But, but, but in those examples, it's because I've executed something incorrectly. Like I've, and I get immediate feedback that tells me that I've done something wrong in my swing, right? The problem yes, with poker but, is that you poker can, is the same thing. Not really. You don't get that feedback in poker. You could make, you could make a great, you could make a great, uh, a great call, like the proper play, like a great call, but lose. It's it's giving you a reverse. I, I suppose you could argue though, you could shank a ball off a tree and hit it to two feet, and that would be like, hey, I hit a good shot, but really you didn't. That's you right. Know? So I or guess you it's, could it's hit a really good way. shot, and it just takes a really bad bounce and rolls off the green. You're like, how is that? How'd that happen? I'm yeah, you executed to be sitting- the way you were supposed to, but it just didn't. You didn't get the result you wanted. That's right. Yeah, yeah. To me, you like poker. A, just absolutely emphasizes that fact though. Cause, cause like you said, it's about, you know, you have to play 10, you have to constantly have 10 tables going and you hope to, you know, finish high enough in one of those 10 to pay off the, you know, the yeah. fees to join the other ones. Yeah. So, and it's just, it's just hard. It's just hard to do. And how, how do you compare studying for poker compared to studying for blackjack? Oh, it's totally different. I mean, blackjack is just really just memorizing tables and, and it's, it's pure memory. I mean, there is, I mean, I, if you get into card counting and that kind of thing, it's a, it's a little bit more involved where you have to know what your proper play is, but also where you are in the deck, you know, how many, how many tens and how many high cards and low cards are in the deck, that kind of thing. I've never really been able to do that efficiently enough to make it profitable. Um, it's, it's totally different. Poker is much more like golf where, where it's, you know, you have to learn about, um, you know, game theory, optimal play, and you have to know all that kind of stuff and you have to know your, um, your ICM and, you know, for tournaments and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. But then, but then it's about, you know, changing, you know, it's about altering those decisions for the scenario that you're in, in an actual poker game. And that's a whole lot of skill and practice and, you know, learning and reading and training and all that kind of stuff. Poker's, uh, poker is much, much more involved than learning other, other games. So when we were there 
few times that I went with you to Vegas, why didn't we play blackjack? Well, because we were there to play poker. Like I when I go when I go on by myself, I, I I'll play blackjack. I'm not going to sit down at a poker tournament. I mean, I might, but um, but the problem with blackjack too is that it, it hurts your bankroll. Like you can go through a lot of money playing blackjack really quickly. You know, if you yes. sit down with four or five hundred bucks, all of a sudden, if you get a you know a, a bad streak or the deck's against you, and all of a sudden it's gone. Like that's it. You know, whereas poker, I, I find you get a lot more entertainment for your money. You know, like you can buy in a cash game at a poker table, and that's going to last you for you know several hours if you're at least decent. This um, is true. This even is in true. A, even for a tournament, you know, you buy in for a hundred bucks or 200 bucks or something, you know, that might go a long way. You know, you make it a lot of entertainment out of that 200 bucks, but it's not going to go very far on a blackjack table. And it's great people watching poker. Well, I think Vegas in general is great people watching. I mean, you can people watch at the blackjack table too. There's all kinds of characters that come around, but in poker, you actually interact with the other people at the table. Unlike blackjack yeah. where everyone's playing against the dealer, right? You're all on the same team. Poker, you're, yeah, you're against your, each other. You know, the, the dealer is not really, the dealer is just a neutral party. So that, that's, that's the cool thing about poker is it's a very social game and you, you, you know, you really get to, and this is the thing that, this is why you don't play online as much is because you really prefer the, the interaction, the reading of players live in a situation. Oh, it's not even a question. I, I need, I need to be able to read people, to look at them, to get a feel for them, to see how they're how they're talking, how they're talking when they're in a hand, where they're not in a hand, uh, what, what they're looking at, where they're looking, like all these things are factors. And you can't see any of that when you play online, which is why I, I don't really want to play higher stakes online because I, I'm missing that part of my game. Yeah. And this is one thing that Jonathan Little talks about too on the online game is if you really are playing to be profitable, don't play online. Yeah. Like there are very limited. I mean, if you're going to do it online, the only way you can do it is, is with a big bankroll and you're playing a ton of MTTs, multiple, multiple table tournaments, right? Yeah. You're just pouring the money in and you watch him. He has these sessions on YouTube where he, you watch him play and he's got 30 tables going and he's just dumping the money in and just, you know, bust out, bust out, rebuy, rebuy. It's just constantly back and forth. And he's just trying to make some final table. That's going to pay for his whole day. You know, it's, it's an absolute grind. And I mean, who's got the time and the money to do it? Oh, not, God. Me. not me. No, not, not us. <laughs> not us. That's for damn sure. Yeah. So that puts us in a bind because I mean, that's, you know, we, we go to Vegas so we can play, you know, pretend to be the high, high rollers and go, go play poker, but it doesn't look like we're going to get there anytime soon. So we just sit here and do this podcast. That, that's what I'm doing. That's what I'm thinking. And podcasts, uh, I've been listening to Jeff's podcast a little bit. Oh yeah, um, since he came on the show, and obviously before he came, and and uh, after, and um, I haven't tried to listen to other podcasts for uh, for Vegas. Have you? Oh yeah, I've listened to a few of them. The one I like, uh, the most popular one, is Five Hundy. Five Hundy by Midnight. It's a good podcast. Okay. Tim and Michelle, they do a weekly podcast. Uh, a lot of news they do like kind of break down that week's news uh, a lot of trip reports people will call in and kind of describe their experiences of certain things it's a good show really well well produced it's been around for a while I like that one I got a few Vegas books I like to read too like I got a couple favorites that I'll go through not so much gambling books but just books about Vegas okay um, there's a, one I like uh, called Comp City Max Rubin who are, he's a big blackjack player Hall of Fame blackjack player where he describes kind of how to play the comp game 
at casinos, how to work the pit bosses for freebies oh, yeah. and all this kind of stuff. It's it's a cool book, really cool book. I'd love to try out some of the things that he suggests in there, but as well as the unofficial guide to Las Vegas. Oh, I'm so glad you said that, Seb. You can buy it at any of your local bookstores or buy it online from Amazon.com. That's a, that was our shameless plug. <laughs> was it obvious? I don't think so. I'm sure Bob would be happy. Oh, yeah. Bob's loving it. Well, we should have him on the show sometime. In fact, we absolutely will. He's a great, great resource. Fun, fun guy to talk to. He's been doing this for years, so be cool to have on. Well, yeah. I'll go to a guy who's, who knows his Vegas stuff. Oh, yeah. Yeah one thing I love to do too is when I'm feeling like I, I want to go to Vegas is kind of plan out a dream trip. Like just imagine if you had, I don't want to say unlimited budget, but let's say you had a $30,000 budget and you were going to do five nights in Vegas. What are wow. you doing? Like, like what would you would do? It be enough. Is 30,000 enough. Well, if, if I make it unlimited, it kind of gets silly. I mean, you just buy out the hotel yeah. or something, but you got to put a limit on it. Like, um, let's say a weekend you got 30 grand. So like, are you flying first class? Are you, um, you know, staying in the penthouse suite or are you going to save that money for like, would you buy into, you know, $10,000 poker tournaments? Like, what are you going to do with it? I would, I would definitely go during the world series of poker and buy into the main event oh. for 10 grand <laughs> nice. and just take a shot at it. Course. I mean, if, if you if you have the money for it, you're, you're never like that's the holy grail. You can't get any higher than that. So yeah. if you have the money for it, you got to do it for sure. You that's just got to get get there and just sit there and grind it out. You know, stay tight and just try to make your way through <laughs> until you get till you made it to the point where you got paid. Okay, you got twenty grand left. Where are you going to stay? On an un, unlimited with well, twenty grand, wow! Stay That's the, a tough choice. You gotta I stay mean, at we've talked about our favorite hotels and stuff, but would you stay? Would I stay at the Bellagio if I had twenty grand? Yeah, you to would. Around, of course. I'd probably stay. Well, it would be. It would definitely be a damn nice room. It would oh, be just yeah. your standard room, like it would be one of their yeah. their higher end rooms for oh, sure. Yeah, you're 20. getting you're getting a suite four thousand a night or something for like five, you know, three nights. Yeah, for sure. If you're going to do that, why wouldn't you, if you have the money, why wouldn't you stay at the, I always forget the name of it. What used to be the Mandarin there, the, um, yeah, the Waldorf, the Waldorf. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. You would. That's where you would go. Yeah. You'd probably have get you a ever nice been in there. I've been in there. I've never stayed in the rooms there. No, never seen the rooms actually. I forget. I, I have to look up on the, in the unofficial guide what uh, the room is rated. Oh, it's, it's right up there. I think it's a 96. I think it's tied with the Delano for best rated room. It's it's if not, it's right up there, ninety four, ninety five, somewhere in there. And there are there aren't a lot of hotels like the unofficial guide goes across all kinds of destinations, and we use the same rating system for every destination. And there are not many hotels that are above ninety. Like I I, right. I would bet that almost probably probably two thirds of the hotels that are above ninety are in Vegas. You know, like you're just not, you're just not, there's certainly no hotels in Orlando that are above 90, I don't think. Um, but yeah, it's, it's gotta be up there. It's a, it's a sweet room, man. I gotta look it up now. See what it says. Go for it. What are we talking about here? We're talking about the, the Waldorf. The Waldorf. Yeah. So for me, like for me, it's a tough question where, because, you know, like I've got, would I buy into the main event for 10 grand if I had a $30,000 trip? 
Well, I mean, if that's why I was going, I suppose, yeah, I would I probably would do that. But, but let's say for sake of argument, I wasn't going to play poker. I was just ha- trying to have a real kick-ass Vegas trip. Yeah. Then, yeah, I'm fi- flying first class. I'm getting limo rides everywhere. Like, I'm just hiring a limo for the three nights. Um, right. It's going to take me everywhere I want to go. I'm going to the best restaurants. Um, you know, I, I wouldn't do any. I mean, too old to go to nightclubs and stuff. But I probably would find a really nice lounge for one night. Um, you know, with some good music and just trying to, you know, get bottle service and just do it right. That could be amazing. Maybe you're too old for nightclubs. You're not too old, right? You just got to find the right oh, thanks, ones. thanks, buddy. <laughs> yeah. Wild, wild west, days in. That's where I'm going to be. <laughs> you have to find the ones that when you walk in, the music doesn't stop and everybody looks at you. <laughs> well, you there aren't many of those hurt. left. <laughs> Everybody's like, and <laughs> you walk in. Oh, this party here? really died. Hi, sir. Are you here to pick up your daughter? <laughs> That's always fun, uh, right? Check, please. <laughs> you just get the hell out of there. Yep. Why can't I? I'm looking at this uh, this guide here, and I can't see what it's rating it at. Oh, you gotta go to the table. Go to the table in the middle. That's what I'm looking for. How the hotels compare. There we go. That's the one you need. So we got the Delano is number one. Yeah. And actually, the Waldorf looks like it's it's rated 94. Yeah, 94. Same and as the Venetian. Four and a half star. The Delano and the Win Encore and the Win. Are the are three of them that are ninety six? Those are the three yeah, top ones. Exactly. And we we've been to the win and the win encore when we played poker there. Oh yeah. And I mean, it's just crazy when you walk in there. It's and, really and, lush. and it's not yeah. super expensive. Like no, I remember, we deals. we could have got good deals to go to go and stay there. Oh yeah, one thing we should talk about too is you saw that flash deal that I sent you. So I got a notification from the Las Vegas advisor that there was a Caesars deal flash sale, like a one day. Where you could get yeah. the flamingo for nine ninety five a night, nine dollars and ninety five cents a night, plus tax, plus resorts. Like, it's crazy. It ended up I could get a five night stay for two hundred and fifty bucks, fifty bucks a night, basically. And the flamingo was rated eighty eight in the book, which is it's pretty a good, good room, man. Those rooms are nice in there. That rating is, by the way, is just for the room, so it doesn't take into account like the amenities, the lobby, nothing like that. It's just right. It's the quality, size. Uh, functionality of the room. Yeah, nothing yeah, wrong think, with the room. I think now, I think, I mean, Bellagio is is, is top five, I think, in the book. Yeah, so, it's up there. Again, yeah. yeah. I think for, because, you know, as I mentioned before, Ocean's Eleven got me really hooked into Vegas <laughs> and it's the Bellagio that they're at. Yeah. So I have to, I have to stay at the Bellagio at least once. That's my, if I have a bucket list for Vegas, staying at the Bellagio is definitely an item would on you, that list. Would you take your thirty grand, get a room at the Bellagio, and and take let's say twenty grand and buy in for some cash games? Oh yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> They'd see, Phil Ivy and all those guys would show up and see, hey, there's a sucker wasting money at the room, cash yeah, game. To go back there, yeah. <laughs> but having said that, the win. Is a when we walk through the wind, I I remember looking at you and saying, "Man, this place is really nice." Oh yeah, yeah. Very the Venetian few was also very nice. It's it's 
has a really cool look to it. Yeah. Different style than, than the Wynn, but yeah, both, I mean, both or three of all three of those hotels are just fantastic. Oh yeah. Yeah. They're great. They're all fantastic. Yeah. One day, buddy, we'll get there. Where, where would you stay if you money was, money was no object? Yeah. I'd be the Waldorf. Great location, yeah. super premium. Yeah. There's, and there's a restaurant in there that I've just been dying to try, which is, again, it's one of the highest rated, rated restaurants in the cities as well. What is that? Uh, I believe it's called Twist. It's up on the top floor there. Oh, there's yeah. also the Sky Lounge, which apparently is a great place just to go up and get a cocktail uh, with a nice view of the That's, strip. Uh, Chubby Checker's restaurant? Yeah, Chubby Checker. That's where he goes. <laughs> when, you, when you walk in, the host says, come on, baby. <laughs> Are you thinking of that scene from Pulp Fiction? It's all this movie yeah. time. Yeah, one Pulp day. Fiction. The only thing that would that would have and I'm, that would make Pulp Fiction better as a movie is if it was filmed in Vegas. <laughs> nice segue. Yeah, it would have been. Right? Every movie's better in Vegas. Well, there's there's a good show topic. What movie would you redo and, and film it in Vegas? in Vegas? Pulp Fiction would be a great one. You got the boxing match. You got. Um, well, all, you know that all I'm, I'm thinking of there. one now and I'm not sure if it's in Vegas or if it's Atlantic City and that's a Snake Eyes with Nicolas Cage oh I don't know too well I think that he's there's a fight happening and he's like the security guy and then all sorts of stuff happens I think that's in Vegas actually doesn't Con Air Yes, that movie Con the Air, they land in, it Vegas. Ends in Vegas. So, he, so Nicolas Cage lands in Vegas in that movie. He's in that movie Honeymoon in Vegas. Yep. He's also in Leaving Las Vegas. That's, and that's I think, him. I think Snake Eyes takes place in Vegas as well. Man, he's like Mr. Vegas movie guy, eh? That's like, that's like five movies. Is he, is he also in Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas? I don't know if he's in that or not. Um, that I don't know. Anyway. Yeah, I have to look. I'm looking it up there. Oh, it's in Atlantic City. Ah, okay. Close enough. We'll give him, we'll give him half a point for that. Fake Vegas. F- fake Vegas. Yes. That's the, that's outside the, the sign for Atlantic City when you drive in. Welcome yeah, we're gonna, to yeah, fake we're Vegas. Gonna call that Vegas. Nice. <laughs> nice. <laughs> All right, guys. So this is what we do to kill time when we're waiting to plan our next Vegas trip. Maybe you guys can, uh, Give us some ideas about what what you guys like to do. But this is it for us. That's it. Just all hoping and praying. That's right. So if, yeah, in the event that we can go back to Vegas at some point. Someday. It's going to happen. Someday. We'll we'll get there. Might be a couple of years, but we'll get there. So I'm going to go work on my poker game. It's not even a question of if. It's a matter of when. Yeah. Maybe I'll go read my poker book again for the seventh time. You should. We'll get get ready ready to go. Yeah. Great book. All right, guys. So... That wraps up an episode. And if you have any questions, comments, feedback, good or bad, please let us know. Questions at unofficialvegaspodcast.com or find us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at hashtag unofficialvegaspodcast. That's it for us. We're out. Ciao.